welcome to Ask a Pastor. I'm glad that you have chosen to spend some time here today. Today I'm joined by my wife, Faith. Faith, welcome. Thank you. Uh, we did this a few weeks ago on the Friday before Mother's Day, and we're going to do this again today, uh, tied into Father's Day. And today we're going to do something a little different. Instead of me asking the questions, Faith is going to ask me questions, uh, but I'm sure she'll have plenty to say along the way as well, because we just wanted to interact around some issues of parenting, especially around some issues of, of fatherhood in particular. Uh, Faith Beyond, uh, serving as the mother of our four boys, has also been one of the therapist counselors in our counseling center here at Orchard Hill, which is a great resource uh, for this community for Christian counseling. We have several just really outstanding counselors who work there, and you can find out about that at orchardhillchurch.com. If you have questions that you'd like us to address in the future, you can send them to ask a pastor at orchardhillchurch.com, and we will be happy to dig in uh, to those in future episodes. Uh, but for right now, Faith is going to ask me some questions, and these are not questions you sent in. These are Cindy Adams' questions, so if you don't like them, you can send her an email saying we didn't like the questions. But, uh, but she thought it would be really good for us to have an ha a, a episode kind of dealing with parenthood. So, Faith. First question. How do you balance a demanding job and being a father? And I'd like to hear how you did that from, like, early on through the teenage years and into young adulthood. Yeah. Um, well, when we talked before Mother's Day, your s standard response was, uh, do you want to hear how I did it poorly or how I did it well? <laughs> and, and the truth is, um, I'm not sure I always did it very well. Um, I'm not sure I have the most demanding job in the world either. I mean, I, I know I work hours, but at the same time, I have some flexibility that a lot of men and women do not have. Um, I had the capacity to control my schedule a little bit in ways that some other people don't. So I had the ability to be present for some things that other people don't. Uh, so, so that was a real advantage uh, mm -hmm. for me. I think uh, as I look back on it, I think especially when, when our kids were really little, um, I did not always understand or prioritize um, being present because I was just pulled in a lot of directions. I think there was a turning point uh, where all of a sudden I realized if I didn't prioritize that and make time for it, nobody else would. In other words, if, if I said, well, there's too much to do, there's too many demands, there will always be too much to do, always be too many demands. And so, um, so, so there was a point where I said, this has to be a priority for me or I'm going to miss my kid's childhood and miss some of the things that I really want to be true. And some of the things I wanted to be true is I wanted to have days where we just played outside and there was no time on the backside. I wanted to do fun things. I wanted to, to go on little trips, even if they were just little excursions. And I wanted our kids to remember those things. Uh, so, so we tried some things when our kids were little, and it, the, the one was Family Riot Week, we called it, where we would try to take a week and just do fun stuff every day. Even if I worked part of the day, we did something big and fun. Uh, you know, it might just be going to the beach. It might be going to Kennywood. It might have been something. Uh, that fell apart at some point as our kids got older, <laughs> and, uh, and all of a sudden they were like, I don't want to go, or I can't stand being with all you people all week. 
Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, I won't go into all of that. You remember well, I think the year it collapsed. <laughs> but, but, but my point is what, what I think I tried to do was say, let me intentionally make these things a priority. And I'm a pretty schedule-driven person. And so one of the things I started to do was schedule family time and put it on my calendar and make it just as important as any other meeting I had. So once that got on my schedule, um, what I started to do was if somebody said, can you do this on this date? My answer was, no, I can't. I have a commitment. And if somebody had looked at my calendar, they would have seen that I had family time scheduled in. But, but again, mm -hmm. what I realized, if I, didn't, if I didn't put that on my calendar and commit to that, that what was happening was every other need became a demand and I started to say, well, I need to do that. And then my kids and you started to get my leftovers rather than, than my best energy. Yeah. And so, so, so that was probably the, the thing that if I were to, to look back, I would say was a key to balance was, was putting that down on my yeah. calendar front and center and saying this is how i'm going to choose you, you did to that do well this. yeah i felt like as our schedules even got crazier you became even more intentional uh, about yeah, that that's probably true. like you became more right um structured as far as like no this is reserved and one of the ways that you have done that especially in the last few years is just time with the boys on their you, yeah. on the trips that you've taken with them individually right. which you have scheduled way out in advance but yeah. talk for a minute about that because that's been significant so when our oldest son drew was probably going into sixth grade seventh grade he said dad can you and i just go away for a night together and camp and i was like yeah sure so so i worked a normal day uh went and picked him up we went and camped at a little campground here and took him home and I think uh, I went back to work the next day. So it was really a short, it was just we stayed overnight at a campground. And he was like, oh, this was awesome, I wanna do it again. We're gonna do two nights next year. I was like, sure, sounds great. And what I didn't realize, uh, and so I fell into this, uh, my, my point in telling that story is, I would love to say I had some grand intentional plan <laughs> and I was really smart and knew how to do this, but, but my son kind of pushed me. But what I didn't understand is with four boys is whatever you do with one, you better do with two, three, and four, or they feel gypped. And so we started a process of increasing man trips, we call them where it went from one night to two nights to three to four until when they graduated high school, it became a week long, big deal trip for me and one of the boys. But what I found is when I had four boys all in the man trip era, uh, if I didn't schedule them and put it down in the calendar mm -hmm. months ahead, I couldn't find enough time to actually get away with the boys. And so, um, so, so again, that became a, a, a huge priority in our summer scheduling. And your support was huge in that. I couldn't have done that if you weren't willing to say, I'll be home with the other three. Uh, and there were a few summers where, where that, you were like, let me go on a trip. And I would always say, you should go. But, um, but, but that was, you gave great support that I was able to spend that time yeah. with our boys and still am. Um, it would have been yeah. harder if you'd gone to a spa instead of out camping in the wilderness yeah. with mosquitoes and yeah. wild animals. Yeah, that's so me, the easier. spa. So, so, <laughs> so, all right, so, uh, so, so what else do you have there? Um, what would you say to yourself if you were going to speak to the younger Kurt, the starting out, you know, 30-year-old parent, what would you say to him? Huh. What would you do differently? Um, there's a lot of things you'd do differently, uh, obviously. There's a lot of things you'd do the same. 
uh, as I look back, there's a lot of things I'd do differently. I, I think I would, I would probably try to have even more free nights at home. Um, even though I scheduled it, uh, a lot of my parenting time became running around to kids' sports and kids' activities. And looking back, I feel like that robbed us of a lot of good time that we could have had as a family. In other words, I would have some weeks where I was spending three, four hours a day on kids' activities, but what I was doing was I was driving kids to events, standing on the sideline while somebody else interacted with my kids. Yeah, I was there with you. Um, you were, well, usually you were somewhere else. We were divided. We, did, we did have to divide and conquer. <laughs> we, we were driving but different places our, is what was happening. That was our life. Uh, yeah. Because we had four kids and there was no way to have them in everything. And so we would pass each other. And that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think I, we would have done better to have done a few less activities. And have, How do you do that, though? That's and the have been home just with nothing on our calendar more I, often. I agree. How do I don't you, know. How good do you luck. Decide? If you're a young parent, good luck. But, but if you ask what I would say to my younger <laughs> self, I would say find a way not to be so beholden to every activity that's out there. Find a way to, to just have space in your home and life that you're not always scheduled. Because from the time probably our oldest son was, what, fifth grade, fourth grade, until probably this year, last year, it felt like we were, you know, yeah. what was that, a 10-year window? Probably more than that. Uh, probably a 12-year window. It felt like we were just running yeah. nonstop. And now that all of a sudden has changed. We have two still in high school, and the two in high school are, are, are able to drive and get back and forth, and it doesn't feel like we have the same level of, of that. As far as things, the other thing I'd say to myself I think uh, around parenting is is early discipline pays off, uh, and I think that's something that, by God's grace, we did well at. Um, and and I would reinforce that. So so as much as I would say, protect your family time even more. Uh, I would also say um, discipline early. And, and we've talked about this before in different contexts with, with people, but we learned a concept somebody taught us um, called first-time discipline. And I think that was really substantial. First-time obedience. First-time yeah. obedience, yes, sorry. Uh, where a kid does something and you say something, and rather than saying, oh, I'm going to say something again until they get it, that if you say it once, enforce it and be done yeah we did that when our kids were little and i think that was really good and, and what i'm referring to is the the you know if you've ever been in walmart or somewhere and you see a parent who's like hey billy don't do this billy don't do this and you know you're happen to just model them in that billy One, billy i mean it yeah and then two. They start counting what has happened is the parents train the child that they don't really mean it until they start to count or until they lose their stuff or until something happens whereas what we tried to do is say, let's, as soon as we say it, we mean it, let's follow through. Um, that involves the principle of getting out of your chair. Absolutely. Yeah, that we used to say that to each by. other. Uh, do you want to get up or do I need to get up? <laughs> right. As soon as... Uh, Somebody yeah. needs to get up to help this child follow through on what we right. just said. <laughs> right. But, but if I were to go back and do it again, or if I were to say something to myself, yeah. I'd say that, that will pay bigger dividends than yeah. you probably think it will. Yeah. So teaching your kids to really listen to your voice, your voice, you mean it. Right. If you say it, you mean it. 
mm -hmm. and you're willing to show them. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm sure I could go on and on. What, what would you say to your younger self as a parent? Um, oh, my goodness. That you would, would do um, differently or do the same? <laughs> you know, you've heard the, the days are long, but the years go quickly. You do not believe that when you're at home and you're surrounded by diapers and babies and um, the needs of especially preschoolers. It's intense. And there were times when I, I wished it away. Like, mm. if I can't wait for the next thing. I wish they could tie their shoes. I wish they were potty trained. I wish they could get in the car. I wish we didn't have to deal with car seats. And, you know, <laughs> and, and I was always hoping and looking to the next thing. And it's just hard to do. But if I could talk to myself at 30, I would say, be present. This is fleeting. You don't believe it now. Um, but this is precious, mm -hmm. and this moment is precious. You don't know the last times that you will rock them right. in the rocking chair, the last time you do the bedtime routine with them, right. which seems like such a drag sometimes. Right. <laughs> and, and today we gone. look back and think it's gone, and it was yeah. really precious. So um, to have those eyes and to ask God to open your eyes, you know, yeah. during those times, when, even when you're tired and stressed and uh, ask for that help in living in the moment and embracing it and being grateful for it. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, I heard somebody say years ago, and I think this, when I talk about kind of having a turning point for myself uh, in terms of prioritizing, he, he was older, parent, had kids who were college, young adults, and he said, I would trade a thousand days of my life to have a single afternoon back with little kids. I get, okay. And <laughs> I get choked up just thinking about it because, because you don't believe it when you're in the middle of it. You're like, no. no way would I ever do that. Now I'm there. And I might trade a thousand days. <laughs> for one afternoon. Yeah, for one afternoon of all four boys just being carefree in the yard, playing and uh, having a day. So, <laughs> so, all right, what's the next question? <laughs> um. How did you set a spiritual tone in the family? And um, yeah, it says, did you, did you do family devotions? What did you, how did you approach church? Yeah. Um, well, we definitely did that together, first and foremost. I mean, I, I think that was certainly um, not something that I did. You were very instrumental in, in Bible stories, reading, um, making it part of our everyday conversation. And, and for us, that was probably our biggest thing, I would say, was making it part of everyday conversation, part of our, our way of doing it. I think a lot of times I get this question from dads, you know, how do you do devotions? And, <laughs> and it's good to do devotions, pro-family devotions, but family devotions will be counterproductive if you don't have the conversations all the time. And the reason I say counterproductive is because then it's like, well, we segment God over here, but we don't talk about God the rest of the day. And sometimes people think, well, if I do devotions, then I did my God thing. And, and it really needs to be part of the conversation of everyday life rather than, than this formal thing. Now, when our kids were little, we definitely did some of the yeah. storybook Bibles. We used to do oh, the yeah. Bible theater, we called it, where we have the kids <laughs> uh, create a play around a Bible story and perform it for us and it, different things to try to get the, and then we went through a period where we did a yeah. little bit at the dinner table. But I heard Charles Stanley once say this, he's an older pastor, if you're not familiar, if you're listening, uh, he's probably in his 80s now. Um, 
and he has a son, Andy Stanley, who's probably better known than he is. Uh, but I heard him once say that, that his way of handling family devotions was not to have family devotions. And he said, because I'm a pastor of this big church, you know, my, my kids expected me to preach to him. And he said, I just found that that wasn't that effective. He said, so what I'd do is I would sit down at dinner table and I would say, hey, how did your days go? What, what happened? And he said, and then as things would come up, I would say, well, what do you think God says about it? And he said, and then I'd pull my Bible out and we'd have all this great inductive Bible study with never uh, a formal family devotion. Uh, that can be a cop-out for not having a family devotion, but, yeah. but I love the attitude of it of saying, let's talk about what's real in our lives yeah. and then have a conversation about what, what matters spiritually, yeah. how God is at work, what the Bible says. I think we did that, tried to do that. Uh, certainly church was a priority, which uh, counterintuitively may have been harder with kids being pastor's kids, um, but that just was never a negotiable when they were little. Uh, they just did it, and that was part of life. And and I think by not letting it be a negotiable, it's just something we do. You're <sighs> going to come, and this is you know part of the equation. It became such a fabric in their lives that it yeah. that it really uh, Orchard Hill has been a great influence in our kids' lives. The student ministry, the kids' ministry, uh, the people, the the way yeah. people have loved and cared for them. And and what's amazing is I find people all the time in the church who will say, oh, I didn't realize that was your son. Um, like I knew him as Nathan, I knew him as Ben, I knew him as, and, hmm. and, and so what I'm saying is it's not like people loved our kids more than, than other kids who are here. That's one of the great things that's happened here is that people, uh, if kids are here, there's, there's people who love and point them to Jesus, the small group leaders, the, the band leaders, the kids fest things, all of that has just been, been absolutely yeah. outstanding. And it started, you know, lives. for our kids, I think it really started with Kids Fest, honestly, in mm -hmm. Kidsburg and being involved in that. And then what, what I've appreciated so much about Orchard Hill is getting how they get kids serving mm -hmm. and connected and they create a vision for what does it look like to be a leader in right. Kids Fest, you know, and then that's something that the kids want to try out and do. And right. then they, and then they experience the joy of ministering to kids, of growing in their own spiritual lives of, you know, becoming leaders. And it, it just, it, I felt like it really worked with us. It, right. Absolutely. It, it was a partnership. It showed our kids, like, we can minister to this matters. These are our family. This is my mom and dad's values, but these are my values too. I'm right. living it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, love, really a big win. I love win. that. I'm so thankful to Orchard Hill. Big win. Um, so we have a couple minutes left, and this wasn't on the script, but let me just ask you another question. And that Wait, is, this is your question time. Well, if you have a question, I was just trying to move us along because oh, okay. I, uh, you know, if you have something. Um, nah. <laughs> so what, um, how have you and I, from your vantage point, um, kept our marriage or made our marriage a priority in the midst of trying to raise four boys and both working outside the home? <laughs> Badly, or have <laughs> we knew done you were this well? Say that. <laughs> Both. <laughs> you and I, I think, have never lost sight of. At the end, it's going to be you and me again. Mm -hmm. Like, we have been well aware. I think that we don't own these kids. We steward these kids, and now we're experiencing like, okay, oh my word, we have two more years with these guys in high school, and then they're gone, and it's going to be you and me again. Although some of them come back, but yeah, yeah. they do. <laughs> um, 
I don't think we've lost sight of that. And mm -hmm. I don't think that um, whether it's early morning coffee together, finding each other in the middle of the day, a, f a phone call uh, late at night, out on the patio, let's get away from the kids. Like <laughs> we're always looking for some way to connect. And um, I think that has been our, our priority. We go away. Mm -hmm. I mean, you make that happen every single year. Mm -hmm. we, we go away and it gets us back on the same page. It reminds us like, oh yeah, I really, I really like him. I really like her. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's been that decision to to make that happen every year that's helped us too, because mm -hmm. um, life does get busy, gets really demanding. Right. So. Yeah, I think as kids get older, too, as much as parents think that the young years are hard and they are hard, especially physically, emotionally, relationally, they're 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 more demanding as the kids get older because you have to actually know and check in with and attend to your kids. And so, you know, when they're little, at least for me, felt like I could throw them around for, you know, half hour and they were like, oh, dad, life's awesome. Uh, but <laughs> when they hit a certain age, you, you have to actually yeah. take time to ask heart questions, to, to pursue them, to understand their hurts, their, their joys, their, their concerns. And so it takes relational intention and work. And I think it's really easy in those years to to not put yeah. as much relationship and effort into the marriage because you take uh, that for granted. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of couples get to the end of that and say, I don't know this person or I don't like this person anymore. Absolutely. And I think you're right just to simply be aware of that and try to, to say that we don't want that to happen. So we're going to keep investing just even that alone is half the, half the battle on that. So, so yeah. well, Faith, thank you for uh, making time mm -hmm. to be part of this conversation. Thank you for uh, giving some time to this conversation today. I hope it's helpful. You can send uh, questions to ask a pastor at orchardhillchurch.com, and we will be happy to address those in the days ahead. Mm -hmm.